You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we learned that when, when we go up to Jerusalem on the foot festivals, we need to bring two offerings. We need to bring a Chagiga and a, an Olat Raya'a, a, a sacrifice for the festival and a sacrifice to certify the fact that we've been seen there. And the Chagiga has to be brought on the first day of the festival, has to be sacrificed on the first day. And so the Mishnah is going to ask now, this is now the sixth Mishnah, the first chapter of Chagiga. The Mishnah will ask, what if he did, what if someone didn't sacrifice it on the first day? What if they miss, what if they miss it? Maybe there's no time. Maybe there are too many pilgrims. Maybe he gets there late. There could be all kinds of reasons. Someone who didn't bring the Chagiga on the first day of Sukkot. What's he going to do? And the Mishnah answers, He can bring it for the whole of the festival of Sukkot and actually on the last festival day of Sukkot. And that is really interesting, by the way, because we all know that when we're talking about the last day, we're talking about Shemini Atzeret. It's a different festival. The, the last day, we're no longer sitting in the sukkah on the last day. It's Shemini Atzeret. It's a different festival. And yet you sense here, and, and we, as we've said over and over again, as we've been learning these Mishnayot, that the rabbis bend over backwards just to make life easy for the Jewish people. They can bring the Chag if they miss the first day, right the way through the festival. And by the way, for Shavuot, which only lasts for one day, they can actually bring it for a full seven days. And we still have a little echo of that in our practice. Those of us who kind of cut back on saying Tachonon will not say Tachonon for a whole week after Shavuot. Now, different communities have different traditions, and perhaps in Washington you have a different tradition. But those who are very keen to cut back on saying Tachanun will cut back for a whole week after Shavuot, because that is the week when it was still possible to bring the um, Chagiga. Now, of course, there is a limit. Avar HaRegel Velochag, if the festival passed and he hadn't brought it, oh, that's a problem. He's no longer liable for it. Basically, the mitzvah, it, I mean, he's missed the mitzvah. The mitzvah no longer applies, right? He has to wait, I guess, for the next festival. And I, I, what do you do with the animal? I guess you have to bring it as a shlamim, as a sort of, as a free will offering, because you can no longer bring it as a chagiga. The, the, the chagiga doesn't exist anymore. But the point is that we've lost the mitzvah. We have a certain amount of flexibility. We can bring it for eight days. But after that, we've lost it. There are some things we just can't make up. And so the Mishnah continues. A twisted thing cannot be repaired. A lack, something that's missing, cannot be numbered. We can't put a number on what we're missing out on. We've 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 missed this mitzvah. It, it's it, it, you just can't play numbers game on it. It's got its own unique value, and it can't be replaced. So it's quite a sobering end to the Mishnah. 
And by the way, this is not the first time that we've seen this expression. When we learned the Mishnah of Sukkah, we learned that there's an obligation on the first day of the festival to eat in the sukkah. So generally, we don't eat in, if, if it's raining, for example, we don't eat in the sukkah. But there is a, and, and generally through the, the festival Sukkot, I mean, if you don't want to eat, don't eat. You only have to go in the sukkah when you're eating. If you don't want to eat, don't eat. And, but there's a special obligation to eat a meal on the sukkah on the first night. And we learned in the Mishnah, uh, we learned in the Gemara of sukkah there, actually. Rabbi Eliezer said, Someone who didn't eat his meal in the sukkah on the first night of the festival should compensate on the evenings of the last day of the festival. So Rabbi Eliezer says you can make it up. And actually the rabbis will disagree. The rabbis are clear. There's a special mitzvah on the first day of the festival of Sukkot to eat in the sukkah. And we can't make it up. The rabbis say, Ein la tashlumim. You can see that quoting from our Mishnah. Ein la tashlumim ve'alzeinemar A twisted thing cannot be repaired. A lack cannot be numbered. So we've seen this idea before. And the Mishnah is now going to explain it a little bit more. Or it's going to give more examples. And we'll eventually get to learning Torah to Torah scholars, but we get there in a in a we, we get there in a circuitous form. Rabbi Shimon ben Rabbi Shimon ben Manasya Omer, What is a twisted thing that cannot be repaired? And he brings this very very disturbing example. Someone who has a sexual relationship with a someone with a forbidden relation and bears by her a mamzer. A mamzer is the, the offspring of a forbidden relationship. And the Mishnah goes on to say, If, 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 we, if, if it's a thief or a robber we're talking about, if we're talking about about stolen goods we can return them and we can repair it but we can't in the case of the forbidden relationship and it strikes i mean it's very interesting looking at this this stage in the mishnah that actually looking at practical rabbinic practice i mean my understanding is that in der heim you know in other words in europe in the last century the rabbis would just tell you you know in eastern europe they just tell you to move to another town or in the United States, I mean, the rabbis used, as I understand, to go to great lengths, actually, to undo the problem, maybe by demonstrating that a marriage was invalid or, you know, they would essentially lift legal mountains in order to try to correct what was not made straight. But the Mishnah somehow doesn't seem to have this in mind. And then we go on to quote Rabbi Shimon by Yochai. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer. They only call something twisted if it was if it was straight at first. And it is now twisted. So it started off straight, but it's now twisted. What is that? Talmi Chacham Ha Poresh Min 
a, a disciple of the sages who forsakes the Torah, a disciple of the sages who goes off the rails. That is something which is um, twisted and cannot be repaired somehow. And it's not quite clear why the Mishnah is bringing this out at this point, but the Mishnah is now going to go on to talk about Torah study and about perhaps types of Torah study that, that perhaps some Talmidei Chachamim would have had their doubts about. So the Mishnah continues. The release of vows, that, that is that, the Mishnah is talking about the halacha relating to the release of vows, the rights of the, um, the, the right of a, of a, of a Talmud Chacham to release vows. The, the ability to release vows rests in the air. That is to say, we don't have a scriptural basis for it. It's not clear how and why rabbis have the right to release vows. And yet we know that they do, right? The rabbis know from an oral tradition that they do, and yet they can't see the scriptural basis. And there are many other things. Why, you know, why are to fill in black? We have a tradition from Mount Sinai, but we don't have a verse for it. And yet we know to fill in the black. And so for many other things, why do we interpret um, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth in terms of monetary compensation? And, you know, the Rambam says, look, we have a tradition. We, ha we, we have a tradition. Every Jewish court is always interpreted in this way. But we don't have a verse for it. So there are many halachot that hover in the air, or there are some halachot that hover in the air, have nothing to rest on. And in order to accept these, we need to believe in the verbal Torah. So this may be the connection with the sage who separates himself from the Torah. Maybe we're talking here about Karaites, about Sadducees who don't accept the rulings of the rabbis. And there are other halachot which, which, have a little bit of a something of a scriptural basis. They're not just hanging in the air. Hilchot Shabbat Chagigot, the laws concerning Shabbat and Chagigot. Now we see the connection with our Masechet, with our tractate. The laws of Shabbat and the laws of the Chagiga, Umilot and Meila. Meila refers to um, using uh, misusing temple property. These halachot. These laws are like mountains hanging by a hair. So they're not, they're not completely hanging in the air. They're hanging by a hair. There's some connection. They've got minimal text, but many halachot. So, for example, when we learn the halachot of Shabbat, we learn 24 chapters of Shabbat. We learn 11 chapters of Eruvin. Now, these all stem from about two or three pesukim in the Torah. So there are pesukim, there are verses, but very, very small numbers of verses compared to the mountains, the, 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 the mountains of halachot that hang off them. So this is a second group of halachot. And then the Mishnah goes on to say, Hadinim, Vehavodot, Vehatarot, Vehatumot, Veharayot, civil law and temple service, and purity and impurity and forbidden relationships. Yesh lahem amashe yisamechu. 
these th these topics have things to rest on, i.e. they have plenty of material in the Torah, and the Mishnah concludes, hein, hein, gufei Torah. these are really the body of the Torah. And it's fascinating that the Mishnah is going to declare these four categories, these four categories as the essence of the Torah, because they are in one sense all encompassing. We've got civil law, in other words, ordinary torts, ordinary kind of mitzvot between Ben Adam Lechaverov, laws that govern interpersonal monetary relationships. We've got temple service, laws that govern relationships between man and God. We've got purity and impurity. And then we've got family relationships. These four categories somehow are all-encompassing. And according to the Mishnah, these four categories together constitute the body of the Torah. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. <laughs>